In this episode, we're continuing the conversation about how this stuff, namely Velcro or hook and loop fastener, is related to the life of faith. It turns out it's also really fun to play with, and so I hope it doesn't get in the way of the audio of this episode. But in any case, stay tuned. Hello friends, Pastor Tim Westermeyer here, Senior Pastor of St. Philip the Deacon, a Lutheran Church in the western suburbs of Minneapolis. It's good to be with you as always. This is part two of a couple of episodes where I'm talking about this stuff, um, Velcro or hook and loop fastener and what it has to do with the life of faith. In the first episode, I asked the question as sort of a mind experiment in our relationship with God, are we the hooks? or are we the loops? If you haven't watched that, you might want to do that. Um, in this episode, I wanna continue that conversation by asking the question, well, okay, if, if we can talk about our relationship with God in terms of this common household item, and if in fact we are the loops who accept God hooking us with God's love, then what is left for us to do in the life of faith? It seems like we're completely and utterly passive. And I guess I would, I want to respond to that in a few ways today, but begin by asking the question, how does Velcro increase, let, let's start start this way, I guess. Velcro is about creating a connection or a bond. And so how does Velcro or hook and loop fastener uh, strengthen the bond b between the hook and the loop? And the answer to that, uh, maybe you're an engineer and you intuited this, but the answer to that is it doesn't make the bond stronger by pushing harder or by trying harder. The bond becomes stronger as a function of the space, um, the square number of square inches in the hook and loop fastener. So, you know, one square inch bit of, of Velcro will be less uh, strong in terms of holding something than let's say a sheet that's one foot by one foot. And so if that's the case, then I wanna suggest that our role in the life of faith in receiving God's love in the form of these hooks is to open up space, call it what you want, in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds, so that more space is available for God to connect with us. And you might say, well, Tim, that sounds reasonable enough. How might I do that? And so a few quick uh, preliminary, this isn't exhaustive, but a few quick uh, preliminary responses to that would be, one, uh, I would lift up all of the spiritual disciplines uh, in the long history of the Christian faith, which are, very importantly, those disciplines are not about changing God. Let's take prayer, for example. And the other disciplines would be things like meditation, prayer, fasting, study, uh, service, worship, among them. Uh, those are all spiritual disciplines we can practice. And in the case of, let's say, prayer, the point of prayer, this has been said famously by many people, isn't to change God. The point of prayer is to change us. And among other things, it's to change our ability to perceive. Whenever I do this, by the way, I saw myself doing this in the past episode, I'm pretending I have bought binoculars in front of my eyes <laughs> and focusing them. And my what I'm suggesting is that maybe we go around in our lives with the binoculars not well focused to the things of God. And so something like prayer, a spiritual discipline like prayer, is intended to bring our, the reality of who we are and who God is into better focus and, in so doing, expand 
the space in our heart to receive God. So spiritual disciplines would be one answer to, well, how do I open up more space for God? Another one is a little experiment um, that is best known, and maybe it was even first thought of by Ignatius of Loyola. We've talked about him a long time ago, the founder of the Jesuit order. In his own life, he came to realize that uh, certain decisions he made brought what he called consolation, a sense of peace, a sense of uh, being at one with God, and other actions or thoughts he had brought him a sense of desolation, of a sort of a barrenness, of, of a, a spiritual desert. And so he learned or attempted to learn to pay attention to those two feelings. And if something he did or thought brought him consolation, it brought him closer to God, he, he thought, okay, well, this is the right path. If something brought him desolation, he realized, okay, I maybe should avoid doing that because it's not helping to expand the space in my heart, but it is somehow constricting it. That's the second thought. Uh, third and final one, I guess, or almost final one is, um, you know, traditionally human beings have a tendency to bow down and idolize or worship things that are not God. At some level, you could say the entire story of the Bible is saying, whatever else you do, worship God. Don't worship things that are not God. So the classic things that people tend to worship are pleasure, power, honor, and wealth. Now, very importantly, I want to make this clear. Those things are not bad in and of themselves, but when we get them out of place with our relationship with God and worship them instead of God, then again, it has the effect of constricting or limiting uh, the space we have to accept God's love in our life. Final thought related to that. Um, I mentioned a, a famous poem called The Hound of Heaven by Francis Thompson. Um, just a few verses. This is actually from a, it was written, I think, in what, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, the language is a little foreign to us, and so this is a, a sort of an updated version of it. So this is not Francis Thompson's words directly. Uh, but one of the things that Jesus says to the poet towards the end is, which of those things you fled to loved you? And I think here of those power, pleasure, honor, wealth things. Which of those things you fled to, loved you back, satisfied you? So which of those you fled to, loved you, I heard him say, and my heart answered, none but you, only you. Which is the only thing ultimately we Christians believe can satisfy us, can fulfill us. Um, and then the next part says, and then he, Jesus said to me, you will have no rest until you rest in me, Come, take my hand and rise. And that is an, an absolute paraphrase or riff on a very famous line by St. Augustine in his Confessions where he says, Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And I pray that through our spiritual disciplines, through this consolation and desolation practice, through recognizing the true place of pleasure, power, honor, and wealth, um, and the true place of God, who is the only thing or person we should worship, uh, I hope that the space in our hearts for God's love 
will increase. And that's my prayer for you today. Uh, as always, I'd love to know uh, what you think about this. Uh, include your thoughts below. And until next time, be well, stay in touch, and God bless. Mm -hmm.